Yeah, that's the word sabotage. 
oppresses, oppresses of progress. They come on time to come and take documents and destroy and tear documents into pieces and throw it into the garbage. And you will never see that document again. And in those days, there were no computers. It was a case of typewriter. Praise God for whoever made a computer. Unless you can find the manuscripts Many years have passed. This was around 1979. No, 1977. Okay? I've never remembered it till now. Good Christian. And the judge. Because she was a righteous judge. Because she fears the Lord. She queried, who is a good Christian? And the definition that she was getting was not appropriate. Because you go to church regularly does not make you a good Christian. But your character, your behavior, your attitude. And you know, salvation is about correcting character behavior and attitude. Salvation is about changing your lifestyle. It's about, you know, releasing yourself from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And the command is, let your light so shine. So if you claim to be a Christian and your light is dim, your light is not shining. Then where is your integrity? This brings us to the definition of integrity. <laughs> where is your integrity? Integrity has to do with the quality of your character. The quality of your behavior. The quality of what you say you are, what you say you do. The quality of your relationship with Christ. Who takes the best of your life? What takes priority in your life? Whom do you give your best to? Whom you give your best to is very, very important. When we talk of integrity. So integrity is a state of being honorable. It is a practice. You know, the practice of being honest. The practice of being honest, which is that you don't claim you're honest and you cannot demonstrate it. You have to show forth that you are a person of honesty. 
is to be upright. Upright means right standing with God. <laughs> it is right standing with God. Ambassador of Christ. <laughs> when people see you, they see Jesus. <laughs> when people hear your voice, they can feel the writing on the pages of scriptures. Oh my goodness, my goodness. You know, uh, when I was a young Christian, then I was a teenager, of course, we were subscribing to uh, Bible schools online. Uh, uh, by, not today, we we'll call it online, but correspondence Bible schools. And uh, uh, I remembered I was involved in about two or three Bible schools. They will send you a question and uh, you have to use your own life story to answer the question. And every month you have to prove that when it comes to forgiveness, you have to prove that you forgave somebody. And you have to write the incident that happened and how you forgive. They will give you a scripture to study and they will also send you books. And we were receiving correspondence, Bible correspondence from uh, uh, Robert Lindsay. Robert Lindsay, Dallas, uh, All Nations for Christ. From uh, Ora Roberts. And from uh, Kenneth Hagen, we were receiving correspondences and the books they would send is little, little pamphlet. You read it and they were very, very consistent. Every month we have to do this reading and answer questions and it, we send it back. And uh, one of my teachers, I can't remember whether that teacher was from uh, All Nations for Christ or from Kenneth Higgin. Between the two, I know it wasn't Ura Robert, but between the two, one of them said, young lady, we see your calling in your writing that you are able to apply the word of God to everything that you write in your actions, in your attitude, everything. And uh, whenever they were sending the, uh, the, the reports and everything, they will send it to your Sunday school teacher because you must be involved in the church. They send it to your Sunday school teacher. They don't send it to the pastor because it is a huge church. The pastor may not know you, but your Sunday school teacher would know you. And so, my Sunday school teacher will come to the class with our results and so on. I said, Pauline, it's very, very obvious that the calling of God is upon your life. So, you have to keep it up because. You are the, one of the people that will carry this 
assignments on. And of course, everybody knows that every weekend I am on the streets, every day I'm on the streets and everything. And hearing that encouraged me that, wow, everything I write and say, everybody says, reflects what the Bible says. And the comment really affected the way I relate to everybody because I wanted to be sure that I don't fall short of what has been written about. That I don't destroy the report. That I don't do anything otherwise. And it's very challenging because people will now use that report as a mark of testing. You were tested, and I ended up not having a single friend because everybody is like, oh, we can't be part of you because you are different. They read your report in the Sunday school. So you can see that envy and jealousy was coming out. Instead of encouragement and support, Instead of people encouraging and saying, oh, that's good. You are doing well. Rather, you see, strive, fight it. Nobody want to be your friend. Nobody want to talk to you. And God help you so that you also don't become proud. <laughs> God help you so that you don't become proud and arrogant. And start feeling you are better than other people. You know, and uh, I remember that recently, about five years ago, one of the people that disliked me and would not talk to me because of that kind of a report, got in touch with me and started apologizing. And I said, that is over 30 years ago, even 40 years ago, no. Over 40 years ago, I said, do you still keep this in your mind? I said, I have put it aside. I said, I know we're all young and we didn't know. And she said, listen, anytime I see you on Facebook, I remember my fault. Anytime I see, he said, practically you are everywhere on social media. He said, you can't dodge it. He said, you can't dodge it. I see you. I see your work. I see. And I remember the report that was written. That was written about you. About you and for you. And I say, wow. If I had known, I would not have rejected her. If I have known, I would not have done this and that and that and that. So this brings me back to that language that the bank manager used for one of uh, his workers. And the judge queried it, who is a good Christian. So when we look at the term, Integrity. 
will be defining who a good Christian is and should be. One, integrity is the quality of the type of life you divide. Two, integrity, though I've said this before because I've been the definitions properly, integrity is a state of being practical, okay? It is the practice of being honest and sincere. Since last time we've been looking at sincerity, what makes you a sincere person? How do you demonstrate sincerity? It is a state of being practically, uh, being upright. Upright. Upright is right standing with God. How do you practice the word of God? How are you able to reflect the nature of God wherever you are? We are created in the image of God according to his likeness. The image of God has to do with the nature of God. There is the unshared nature of God and there is the shared nature of God. The shared nature of God includes being blameless, being honest, being faithful. Faithfulness is a strong nature of God. God will do what he says he will do. God does not change his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. On Monday, he will not say, uh, I forgot. Oh, I didn't mean it this way. And then on Tuesday, he changes his language. No, God is consistent. Faithfulness means you are consistent. And faithfulness is connected to dedication. Dedicate means you are doing it in the name of the Lord. You are doing it for God. If you come to church early, you are not coming to church early to please Dr. Pauline or to please uh, anybody. You are coming to church early to please God. When you decide to be doing something in church, you are not doing it because of your brother or sister. You are doing it because you, you fear God. He is a maker and a taker. He is a giver and the withdrawer. He is the alpha and omega. If you don't want God to change his mind on you, don't change your mind on God. He said to the honest, I will be honest. He said to the unfaithful, I will be unfaithful. So how does God become unfaithful if his nature is faithfulness? It means that if you don't do what you're supposed to do, he will not show up for you. Somebody will say, ah, but God promised that uh, he will be with us. He will take care of us. Yeah. He will be with you if you are where you are supposed to be. <laughs> he will take care of you if you
you obey the instruction to be where he asks you to be. Everybody wants God to play their, his part, but they don't realize that there is summer and there is winter. Africa don't experience winter. Tropical countries don't experience winter, but they experience dry season, which is called Hamatan season. During Hamatan season in tropical areas, it's around December, November, December, January. All right? The weather gets cold. That is when everybody wears sweater or cardigan. <laughs> the heavy one is called cardigan. All right? Because the weather is cold. That is when everybody bath with hot water. All right? And that is when everybody has what we call Qatar, flu, okay? It's a kind of cold, all right? You, your nose gets dry, all right? And your lips start cracking, all right? So that happens. And so if during Hamilton is a season, God created the season. If God will cause anything to happen during that season, that does not look like Hamata. That means we have to check our behavior towards God. If God decides to withdraw the Hamata and cause there to be excessive heat during that season, that means somebody has tempered with the nature of God. Somebody has done something that is against the covenant nature of God. Anytime we touch the covenant nature of God, God will react. And so you will see that he told the children of Israel, if you will not worship me, and you will go into hordom. Okay? And hordom is a type of spiritual prostitution. Spiritual halotry. Hordom means that you are not doing what God asks you to do where he asks you to do it. But you are feeling that you want to do it elsewhere. That becomes spiritual hordom. Spiritual prostitution. Spiritual halotry. Okay? Because when you are dedicated to God, it's like you are dedicated to your spouse. So when you now withdraw your dedication of Jehovah God, at where you have made an agreement, a covenant, and you go somewhere else, you have practiced order. That is when God will remove his covering from you. He will take off his hand from you. And then you find out that the weather will not be at your favor. I remember it was in Babylon's. We're having revival every weekend in a different church and the revival going on. And then it will rain very heavily. 
And uh, if it starts raining around, because most revival services start at six o'clock, when it starts raining about four, three, four, five, around that time, close to six o'clock, I will lift up my hand and I will say, God, what is the purpose of this rainfall? If this rainfall is meant to bring blessings upon us, yes, Lord. Then I will be done. But if this rainfall is not for your purpose, oh Lord, let it cease and it will cease. I remember that one, one night I was in the church name. Oh my goodness, I wish I, but it's something revival church, church. And just before the service was about to to end, there was this mighty wind and a heavy downpour. Is that? And people were like, oh, we have to go home. I said, everybody stand still. Everybody lift up your hands and let's ask the Lord to grant us favor. As soon as everybody stood up, people put down their bags because they wanted to just run off. The rain is already coming. Where are you running to? I said, everybody, just stand still. And we lifted our hands and we prayed. You know the funny thing? The rain stopped in the environment where we were. But it continued in other places. And that rain Oh my goodness, I hope I'm getting this information right. There was one musician that was a very powerful musician on that island. His house practically sunk. He climbed up to the roof of his house. Where we prayed, in the church to stop the rain. It still rains somewhere else. And somebody got into trouble. And I remember that one lady asked me, he said, when you prayed, why didn't you pray for the whole nation? But you prayed for only the area of the church. I said, well, we prayed for our protection. Those who came, those who were here, that let God hold back the rain so we can all get to our home safely. The integrity of God. His faithfulness. He said to the honest, I will be honest. To the unfaithful, I will be unfaithful. So I find that scripture for me in uh, uh, Psalm 18, I think, the end of Psalm 18. Yes, just find it for me so that she can pull it up. You see, the integrity of God is faithfulness. So faithfulness means dedication. You don't change your mind. That's why he is the same yesterday today and forever. 
the integrity of God. Verse 25. Can you get it for me? So, integrity is the practical, uh, it, it, been, it, it is to practice truthfulness. Truth. Jesus is the truth. And Satan is a liar, the father of lies. So when we are on the side of God, we have to practice truthfulness. Truthfulness also means you don't change your mind, otherwise it makes you a liar. Because integrity has to do with the attributes of God. The nature of God that were created in the image. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us make man in the image, in our image, according to our likeness. So you can see Psalm 18, verse 25 says, With the merciful, thou show thyself merciful. With an upright man, thou would show thyself upright. Upright means right standing with God. God is faithful. His integrity is faithfulness. So we cannot claim to be good Christians when we are unfaithful. When we change our mind, it deletes truthfulness from us. What did you say to God? A lot of people say, God, if you will bless me, I will do this. God, if you will do this for me, I will do this for you. Then when it is time, you say, oh, it's no more like that. I don't, I, I, I didn't think of it when I was making a decision. I didn't intend it. I didn't understand. No. This is where dedication and commitment is the picture of faithfulness. And another word for it to be loyal, loyalty. So when we are not truthful, when we change our mind, we lose the integrity of God because God is faithful. So he says, with the merciful, thou will show thyself merciful. With an upright man, thou will show thyself upright. The integrity of God. So integrity is the practice of being reliable. Reliable. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God's word is reliable. So if we claim we are Christians, it's not enough to say you are a good Christian. But are you walking in the nature of God? Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. The image of God is that God does not change. He is Jehovah Jireh. 
Jehovah. And Jehovah does not change his nature. So if we want to be like him, then he is willing and he already created us in his image and likeness to share in his likeness, to share in his image. So you can't wake up this morning and say, oh, the word the Lord told me yesterday is no more like that today. No. Then that switch you from the light into darkness. God is light. The first thing he created was light. Darkness was present, but darkness could not affect him, which is in every aspect of our lives. Darkness will come around. And how do we relate to darkness? Are we able to subdue? Because when he told us to be fruitful, he also told us to subdue. Because darkness is still hanging around. The father of liars is still hanging around. So we have to check the integrity of God in our lives. So, integrity is a practice of being truthful, the practice of being reliable, dependable. God will depend on you. And that is where trust is also the nature of God. Trust. Believe in me. Trust me. So believing is connected to trust. I believe in God. In God I trust. Because God is a God that is stable, reliable, truthful, faithful, honest, sincere. He doesn't change his mind. He will not say that because Pauline did not teach what I asked her to teach, then I am not going to prove myself that I am God. No. And I will never forget. Rehan Bonke said, God told him, before I came to you, I have already gone to other people. And they failed. And I chose you. So if you also say no, the next person is standing there, waiting. So life is a baton. You are available, dependable. Then God gives you the baton of life to carry on his purposes. That is why even on the job, no matter how the job can behave as though they cannot do without you. As soon as you say you are sick, they get another person to replace you. As soon as you are absent, they get somebody to replace you. As soon as you drop dead, they get somebody to replace you. Because God has many people. Even if you are married to that microphone, when God is ready, boom. A preacher stood on the stage and who said, The world is at my feet. 
without me. Right there and then, he was smote from heaven and he became crippled. One of the different brothers, powerfully used around the world, his crusade sees millions and pride entered his head. And I and me came into right there and there. Boom. And the anointing was removed and given to another person. And before he died, the Lord sent Rahab okay to him. And he prayed. By the time Rahab Bonke stepped out there, the Lord took him. Because now it's time for Rahab Bonke to carry that weight. And Rahab Bonke led 72 million souls to Christ and died at the age of 72. Faithfulness, God is faithful. The integrity of God, reliable, truthfulness. Truthfulness, truthfulness, oh God. Faithfulness. God does not change his mind. Reliable, upright. God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was God help us. Hey, hey! We have to practice faithfulness, dedication. Anna was in the temple for over 84 years praying for salvation. That is her assignment for 84 years to pray for salvation of Israel, salvation of mankind. <sighs> He struggled to go to bed this morning. All night. Because as the Lord was showing me the meaning of his integrity, how faithful am I? How honest am I? How sincere? Last year, I thought I was almost dead. And I said, God, if you are taking me, who will carry on the way? Who? Who in the world have you chosen? And the Lord said, I am sending you to go and teach me integrity, sincerity. Sincerity. He said, Many are insincere. Like the judge, just last year, Sawyer Williams, asked the bank manager, who is a good Christian? 
Là, c'est pourquoi c'est lui qui est pour faire le chien. Mais c'est contre le chien. Le banque m'a dit à ça. Those who come to church regularly. He says, so those who come to work regularly and don't do their job. Who saboteer? Who are saboteurs? Saboteurs of progress. Will you call them good workers? This happened in 1977. And this morning, I have seen it. Can I call myself a good Christian? How sincere am I? How honest am I? How faithful am I? Have I changed my mind? After I have dedicated my life. After I have made a commitment about change. God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we consider the integrity of God, it is the condition of being blameless. Blameless has a lot of faces because sometimes, just like Jesus was accused. But Judge Gamaliel said, I find no fault in this man. And yet his enemy says, crucify him. Crucify the righteous man. He said, I find no blame in him. Yes, sometimes there is no blame in him. But the enemy goes around seeking him to be Who puts wickedness in somebody's heart against you. Who put hatred in somebody's heart against you? Even for telling the truth, very few people will support you for telling the truth. Very few people will stand with you for telling the truth. Be whole. Whole. Wholeness is very difficult to define. Because wholeness means that from the crown of your head to the death of your feet, even if you are being stoned, you still say, I will speak nothing but the truth that the Lord has sent me to speak. That is why in those days, a lot of evangelists were stoned. The apostles were stoned. Paul! was stoned, was put in a basket and thrown behind the wall. The fact that you are doing the right thing does not mean everybody will love you. Upright means what the Bible says is what you are doing. What Jesus says is what you are doing. Not what men say, because the people of the street have a way of defining Christianity. Because you give them what they want, then you are a good Christian. Because you do what they say, then you are a good Christian. No. No, that is not it. 
Because you did, you do what the Bible says. That makes you a good Christian. Complete the condition of making sure you are complete. You will be complete in Jesus' name. Sound, you know. Around December, at that time, I had make sure you have physical Bible because. The enemy is about to attack Christianity from the media perspective. From the media perspective, they will corrupt scriptures and many verses of the Bible will start getting disappeared online. Anything that talks about sin would not be there. And so we had to preserve the physical Bible. There was a time I stopped using the physical Bible for my studies. I started doing it online. And I realized that I can't find most of those. Once you change your device, many information are lost. But I didn't pay attention. So when I now heard that, I said, that's true. All the information I put on my Bible studies online, I can't find them again. But the Bibles that I've been using in the past 30 years, the information I wrote in them are still there. And now, there are two announcements. All the communist countries are trying to bind, bound the Bible again. They're trying to bind the Bible again. Russia, because Ukraine has become 79% Christian Christians, and now they are praying and whatever. So he was planning to invade. Ukraine long time before now. So we first of all make sure the Bible is banned in Russia. So if they annex Ukraine automatically, Christianity will be banned again. And many of the softwares are produced in Russia. Russia has a high tech and the next is China. So if they contaminate the electronic Bible, we will no longer have information. And if you don't know the word of God, you'll be lost. 
because it happened, if you read uh, William, William Wombrand's books, I read his books when I was a teenage Christian, and that was the days of persecution. And we have to be praying for Russia and all that. And uh, Richard Wombrand, and how they would take young Christian children and put them on ice and tell them to deny Jesus. And some of them would say, no, we can't deny Jesus. And they would leave them to die on the ice or something so bad. And I'm saying similar, similar persecution coming to America. Because the Lord keeps telling me those three years, and evil is coming to America. And we need to prepare. So, my instruction that I receive is teach and don't stop teaching. So that the word of God will be in the belly. Out of the belly shall flow the best of the waters. Because during the time of persecution, you forget the scripture. You will forget. But because you've been chewing the word of God, because you're pregnant with the word of God, because you have been listening, all the word of God will come from as light, as, and your salvation will come from as brightness, and you will overcome that darkness, that darkness, that darkness, that darkness. And this morning, when I was driving to church in the news, they said, Oh, the little children of Ukraine gathered and they were praying and crying because some of the parents have to go and leave their children. They said they can't take their children in certain areas. If the child has no word of God, how would that child survive? And that persecution is coming to America. It's coming to America. Some religious groups are buying all the buildings. I know some friends, they said, there are other religious factor that wants their building told them. Very soon, we will not allow churches in the building. So they are waiting for their leads to be over. My dear, we have to watch the way we do things. The integrity of God must reflect in our mind, in our heart, in our soul. If we have not been taught, it's easy to deny. Even Peter denied Christ. Peter denied Christ. Peter denied Christ. Peter denied Christ. With the scripture and close. And I'll leave you for questions to be asked. Give me progress. Is it progress? Yeah, progress chapter. Chapter 11. Let's read 
they are already messed up together. A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Go on. We are reading the whole scriptures. So. Okay, let's give them to it. It's okay. All right, let's go. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Hold on there. You see, we are seeing the integrity of the upright shall guide them. The integrity is the word of God. What God has said, he is. His image, we're created in his image. That is his integrity. And it says, by the perverseness of transgressors. Transgression means going against the laws of God, the covenant laws of God. There are some laws of God that is is a covenant. You must do it. Whether you like it or not, you must obey that law. When you don't obey that law, there is no hope for heaven. No hope for heaven. And that is why nobody wants to study the Ten Commandments again. Nobody wants to talk about the Ten Commandments. Because the Ten Commandments is a temporary of God. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness. So that is why if somebody says something you don't understand, it's better to ask a question. It's better to find out, to investigate. Why did you say this? I stand here to teach. I am not perfect. There are statements that I made that comes from me. And Paul will say, this I said to you. And Elijah will say, this is my word. So we must differentiate between when it is me, when it is you, from when it is the word of God. And it's not every revelation can be attributed to, this is the will of God. God shows us. He reveals to redeem. So if God shows you that somebody is going to have an accident and that, does it mean it's the will of God? No. God wants you to stand in that gap and pray and stop that accident. So the revelation is not meant to destroy. It's meant, it's meant to redeem, to save, to deliver. So sometimes you don't understand and we assume because it's a revelation, then it has to go, but it cannot be like that. So this is where transgression comes in. So if that revelation, that thought, that thinking is not what you understand, sometimes you can discuss with other people. I was counseling a lady online and 
I saw a revelation. I said, if I tell this woman what it is, the final decision will be made on me. I said, God, what should I do? I have never seen this person. I don't know her. I'm counseling her. And I had request for the husband. But don't call me. Let him call me. And I requested for the husband. And he called. He called me three times before I was able to finally speak because he calls when I'm either counseling somebody else or this or driving or whatever. So finally he called. And when he called, I said, I don't know this guy. What should I say? I had the first statement you should say to me. I want to lead you to Christ. Do you have a Bible? He said, yes. He started running and I could feel him panting. And I said, how many rooms do you have in your house? He said, many rooms. I said, wow. After 20, he said something like that. And he got his He said, I was baptized, you know. I was baptized. I said, but have you given your life to Christ? He said, I was baptized many years ago, but I don't have time for church. And ask him to read the passage. He read it. After reading the, the passage, I just saw this monster over him, a person who was submissive in the beginning started fighting me. The monster shook over him. I've never seen him before. We are talking on phone. And I could see the monster grab him. And now the monster was speaking through him. Say God, what should I do? And the Lord gave me the answer. So I said to him, by the way, gentlemen, you have not been through the protocol that you are supposed to go through before I speak to you. I don't know who you are. Go through the protocol. He came, wow. If it is money, I will pay you right now. I said, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your salvation. What do you mean I need God? I don't need God in my life. Hey, that is what I needed to hear. He doesn't need God. Chance, the beginning was different from the end of the story. Put the woman on the fast. What you're about to say, I will let him know it before it comes out of your mouth. You see, the righteousness of God, the integrity of God, 
We cannot joke with it if we really want to make it. Like I said, the bank manager, you know, said, good Christian. And the judge just said, I see, an evangelist, powerful evangelist, said, who is a good Christian? And by the time they started talking about it, the whole corridor was full of all the staff coming to stand, coming to listen, coming to hear the word of God. You think somebody's good? Tell them their temperament will reveal who they are. Their reaction to situation will reveal who they are. Then you now have to now start examining. Is this person faithful? Committed? God-fearing? Is this person ready in time of trial, in times of challenges, in times of difficulties? Will this person still stand and say, I have dedicated my life to this. I have committed myself to this. The spirit of darkness could not change the mind of God. When God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God puts darkness where he belongs. Shoya will come. People will offend you. When people offend you, your integrity will speak. Your faithfulness to God will speak. God is the same yesterday, today, and He doesn't change. He changes not. He changes not. God of Abraham. And then he's a covenant keeping God. His laws and his covenants. Covenant keeping God. There is no one like him. Alpha and Omega, there is no one like me. So when we talk about the covenants of God, give me, give me chapter. Okay, let's go on. Verse three, uh, verse four. The next verse. Riches, let's go. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivered from death. Are you seeing it? Money cannot protect you in the day of wealth. What do you have? It cannot. Otherwise, when a rich man dies, they will bury him with all his riches. Once upon a time, they used to do it. There was this man that blows a trumpet that was custom made for him. When he died, they said, nobody can blow that trumpet. So they are giving him the trumpets to blow it in heaven. They buried him. Few hours after they buried him, some robbers came, dug the grave. They removed his rings. You know, his, some of his wealth were put in the coffin. They said, when he gets to heaven, he will use it to move. 
to praise God. He dug his grave, took everything, and took his body and threw it somewhere. Where are the watchmen from the grave? They ran away. His riches could be saved. It was in the news. They said they could have taken that trumpet to the museum for everybody to see. But now it's been stolen. Can they ever find it again? No. The richest profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivered from death. Next. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own hands. This is the verse of the day. Let's read it again, verse 5. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own hands. Again, the righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. Again, the righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. Who can close their eyes and repeat it? She I said close eyes. She closed her eyes. Thank you. Sister Bridget, you'll get the mango in the hand. So say it again. Try your best again. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. Shall we clap for her? She did go. Who are you? Somebody else will turn your hand, okay? <laughs> she tried. She gets half mango. <laughs> Who else? The last person to try. <laughs> Shall we clap for her? You know why I didn't I, I, I didn't take it off? Because we are practicing. All right. So if you are faithful, <laughs> you do it the right way. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> don't look, don't look. We are practicing faithfulness. We are practicing faithfulness. Okay, you try, you get half mango. <laughs> Who else? The last person. <laughs> the last person. Okay, Coco. Uh -huh. 
Okay, so how many how many mangoes do I own? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. <laughs> amen. Amen. Thank you all. Let's back. Any question before we pray? Any question? Okay, everybody's good. All right. Let's bow down our heads. Pray for yourself that God will teach you to practice faithfulness, honesty, sincerity, truthfulness. It's not by power or by might. If we are open, the Lord will help us. The Lord will help us. Let somebody rise up and pray for us. Let somebody rise up and pray for us. If you want to pray, lift up your hands so we can give you the microphone to pray. Microphone, please. Oh, you don't have extra microphone. Okay, just stand up and Father, help us through every waking of every day not to give up on the joy of our salvation. But Lord, that you will strengthen us, you will give us the boldness to stand and never to be. You have placed us at a place where we can be taught the true word of God. And in this moment, there is nothing more dearer to your throne. Almighty God, help us to stand through every situation, every trial, every difficulty. Never let go of your light because darkness cannot stand here below. So, Father God, as we are here, allow us, mighty God, to portray your truth. Submit ourselves to you, O Father God. We just bless you for the word of God. The word that will never ever be broken and shaken. We give you thanks and praise for opportunity like this. Give our glory 
the people of the world have to be brave and we need to encourage each other to go out and to love each and every Father, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise, and we give our leader the wisdom so that she will always stand and keep the truth in the heart. Father, we give you the glory, we give you the honor. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. So, uh, Fire, get ready. Leaders, go upstairs, get ready. Congregation, we shall join you in a few.